0: Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you break free from your blocks, move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats in a variety of platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, on YouTube, and on my website at winnieanderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others and I hope you'll decide to join my courageous community. You can do that by becoming a fan of the show on my site at winnieanderson.com slash fans. When you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox along with information, tips, and resources to help you consistently move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. You'll discover how to position and pre-sell yourself As the unique solution provider you are, and ultimately to profit from your expertise while you build a business in alignment with your faith, beliefs, and values. Whether you're an introvert or not, I'm sure you're always looking for strategies to make your online presence more powerful and make your social platform participation pay off. I'm on all the big platforms, but would love it if I saw more of a payoff on the investment of time and energy that I'm making in my social networking. So my colleague, Tracy Enos, published her book that promised tips and strategies for using LinkedIn's publishing platform. I grabbed it on the pre-sale and I read it as soon as it got released. You can find my five-star review for the book on Amazon. And I genuinely loved it because it was so practical, and I wanted to make sure that I had her on here to share some insights with you. I first met Tracy in about 2014, I guess it was, when I sat next to her at a big training event and we've stayed connected ever since. She's a marketing consultant who now specializes in LinkedIn and particularly in how to leverage your profile and the publishing publishing platform to position yourself as an expert, attract and engage with potential clients and referral partners, and generally build your brand. She speaks on the subject at events, seminars, trade shows, and works with sales and marketing teams to help them gain visibility and attract clients, and works with independent professionals to attract more leads and clients with LinkedIn coaching and done-for-you services. So listen in as she shares who she thinks LinkedIn is for and why she thinks you need to be on it, what LinkedIn is and how it's different from other platforms, What the publishing platform is all about and how long-form publishing differs from short-form publishing on LinkedIn, why your LinkedIn profile is so important and how to leverage that, some mistakes she thinks people make with their profile, how to create long-form posts for mobile users that also benefit users of other devices, and you might be surprised at how many people access the platform on a mobile device. She also shares some tips to help you get engagement and to entice people to join you off of LinkedIn. As always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, Tracy, I'm so excited that you're able to be with me today. Hi, Winnie. I'm excited to be back for the second time. (laughs) You You are one of the few guests that this is actually their second time with me on a podcast. So yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. So, let's just go ahead and dive right in, because we've got lots to cover, and I know you're a busy lady. Um, Let's start right at the get-go, Trace. So, let's start with exactly what LinkedIn is, and how it's different from Facebook and other social sites. I think a lot of people think of it as just a place for careerists, and they don't think of it for themselves as an entrepreneur. So you know, LinkedIn has been
1: around longer than Facebook. It has, I know. Do we still need to still define this? Do
0: people really still think? Because people, when I put out a call for, hey, what shall I ask this person? Believe it or not, I get at least a couple that go, it's not that they never heard of it. It's that they don't get it. They don't understand its value and how it differs from Facebook. Sure. Okay. So, LinkedIn was
1: created back in late 2003 as a place for um, people to put up a resume, look for a job, a great place for hiring recruiters and staffing agencies to find great candidates for positions. Um, and, and today it's still, you know, that is still a very active part of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. But LinkedIn has grown up a lot um, since late 2003. And it's actually its members, I feel, that have actually created the platform and its use and what we're using it for today. Uh, most importantly, a lot of folks are using this to build their, their online brand, you know, because people Google things every, every day now, you know. Um, and because LinkedIn's an authority site with Google, your profiles are going to likely show up in LinkedIn, maybe even your company pages. So it's a great place for for companies and small business owners alike to brand, but it's also a great place to generate new revenue for your business. It's getting past the gatekeeper. It's um, showing the authority that you and your company, you know, have. Um, I mean, for me, it's been a staple part of my business for the last six years.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, it's actually one of the first places that I will go to check somebody out. For me, the thing that I prefer it over Facebook about is that when I want to get more information about somebody, I have their whole work history. You know, where with Facebook, you just have this little snippet of what you do and then links to other places and then, you know, your posts. But when I really want to look at it, you know, and read it over and think, okay, is this person a good fit for my show or I'm going to have a meeting with this person? What are they all about? For me, LinkedIn is that go to resource for that kind of information. And it is. And you know what? A lot of people don't recognize that, that
1: people are going to go do their due diligence and they're going to go check out your profile. Yeah. And they're going to go check out your company page. And I see a lot of people that, yeah, we just talked about, is that really a question of what LinkedIn is? But I still see so many people using it incorrectly. I mean, even those who have a company page and are trying to build a brand, They're still using their profile as, you know, a CV or online resume, and it's clearly not that any longer.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you made a really good point with the participants, the members of LinkedIn have really morphed it into right. something else, because the more you contribute, the more you say, I wish it did this, and then as, as yeah. apps are created to fit in with it right, you have all of this additional functionality, so, but let's, let's talk about it, is it really right for everybody to use, is it right for some people to just slap up a CV and be done with it, or does everybody need to be on LinkedIn, or can some people get away with something else?
1: Well, you know, in my opinion, you first need to identify who that prospect is. And then by identifying who that prospect is, you got to find out which platform or which medium their audience is going to be. Right. You know, so if they're more of a business to consumer, and I'll come back to that in a second, they might be more appropriate for Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, for like a, a, a brick and mortar, like a, a, a hamburger place or a salon right. of, of sorts. Um, but there are, you know, business-to-customer businesses are rapidly growing in LinkedIn, but it really still is a place to really, you know, for the business-to-business community. Right. It works well for that. Yeah. But I've seen some business-to-customer, business-to-consumer businesses are really starting to take advantage of LinkedIn and run with it, and they're doing well.
0: Yeah. The thing that I like about it is that, I mean, why not take advantage of every hub site that you possibly can, right? And and as you said, it's, it's an authority site. So you might as well get your little set. Sa- you know, you have your home on the web, your website, but why not have as many little satellites that help power your overall web presence as possible? So I agree, but I will say this. I don't
1: think every business should be on every platform. True. Yeah. You know, you're not going to see a manufacturing company on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if you, well, maybe it depends on the kind. It could be like, you know, for fashion or something like that, maybe. But right.
0: Right. Yeah. certain
1: types of, of businesses, I think, are better suited for certain platforms.
0: Right. So job one, you believe then, is to identify your target audience and who yeah. it is you're trying to reach and where they are.
1: And where right. they are. Okay. You can know, identify where they are. You know, so Great. for many people, even in the business-to-business space, you're going to find you can, you know, grow a business even on Facebook. Right. And even right. Twitter, you know, yeah. um, or Instagram. We're not a fan of Twitter, so.
0: <laughs> I'm there. But, I have yeah. it
1: because it's a necessary evil, <laughs> but I'm yeah. really not a fan of Twitter.
0: Yeah, you know, so. yeah. Now, I am a big fan of your book. Oh, And a big fan that finished it in several nights, and it's one of the few books that as soon as I was finished – left a review for it share it with everybody it really is an outstanding book one of the only things took I, me three and a half years to do it <laughs> yes i know but you know that's one of the other things that uh i liked about it i met you before you started yep. it and yep. what i liked about about the book is that it obviously the the time you took the conscientiousness of the effort it took it, is is throughout that book. It's very clear that you put a lot of genuine effort into it. It's not something that you, you know, you wrote in a week. Oh, I
1: wrote it and rewrote it and then and rewrote, rewrote it, it and rewrote it. Right,
0: right. And I know you worked with an editor too. So, and we'll give him a shout out in the show notes. We'll mm-hmm. include a link. Michael's great. So, but one of the things that you start off with is the fact that your profile is so important. So let's start with that. Can you explain why that profile is so important? And you don't want to just put some little blurby thing in there, right? You want to, you get a lot of characters, so you want to use it up, right? Right. Well, the profile is a fantastic
1: place for you to really showcase who you are because, again, it's a, personal profile it's not your company page. you gotta you know got the human side to you and people do business with people that they perceive to like you know and they want to get to know and eventually trust them right so this is your first touch right with somebody um and and most folks they will you know they'll write it in third person especially in the summary and I think that's wrong I mean doesn't it annoy you when somebody starts talking about themselves in third person it, uh, it
0: sounds like a Seinfeld episode actually <laughs> when they do
1: that <laughs> Yes, <laughs> uh, I got a story about my teenager doing that. And he's, mom, you're talking about yourself in third person, had no idea was doing it. So even, even, you know, a 16 year old could be, or 15 year old at the time, <laughs> he can be annoyed, right? So <laughs> yes. um, no, but it's, you know, it's a place to um, really, you, you got to identify who your prospect is in here because we don't want to waste our time talking to people that, you know, aren't going to pay us for our products or services right? Right, And what people don't realize is that most of the activity that you can accomplish in LinkedIn is done through your personal profile. Company pages are still very limited. Although LinkedIn rolled out a new feature for for the company page, which is really cool, native video. They're rolling it out as we speak. So, you know, unlike we have that with our personal profiles, now company pages can do the same. But that still doesn't give a lot of functionality with, with a company page and so you know people are going in there they're you know putting up posts and they're writing articles and they're sending connection requests and they're messaging their connections and that's all done with your personal profile and more often than not somebody's going to get curious of who you are because of something that you posted or a great article that you wrote or somebody recommended you you know in LinkedIn or you send them a connection request and they're going to go check out and make sure that you're a real deal before they you know before they accept yeah. And so if that if that profile isn't done very well, you've lost probably a huge opportunity. Yeah. Or yeah. potentially.
0: Yeah, I can tell you that that's I can amen that because people will reach out to me and say, hey, I think I have a great story. I'd love to be on your show or, you know, my client has a great story. They they should be on your show and like i said the first thing i do is just go right to linkedin just to get a sense of who they are you know before i even go to their website and yeah. i i can't tell you how many people i've looked at their profile and just i don't bother going to their website because i decide no you you're not you're not a good fit for me and i've had people tell me oh well that profile's way out of date well, then you okay, better update, update it, it because that's where I it. I mean, right. why, so, but why, why am I wrong? Cause I went there to look at it and no, you have to update it. It's your job right. to update. It's one of your spots on the web, right? Yeah. So yeah.
1: Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it does need to portray about, you know, um, I'm a big Dan Kennedy fan. And so um, Dan Kennedy, um, you know, teaches us that you need to define, you know, more than just the features and benefits. You need to define what the outcome is going to be and ultimately what that transformation is with somebody who's going to work with you. And if you can do that well in LinkedIn, man, you're way far ahead of your competition. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, And and I don't want to make this all about the uh, profile because we do want to get into (laughs) the the publishing platform. But, and I, I, you know, it should go without saying, and it should be accurate.
1: It should be accurate and up to date. You know what? I mean, I still have stuff. I got a list of things that I got to go back in and fix links and stuff like that. And every few months I'm going in and I'm updating my profile. Right. You know, and as a matter of fact, I will share this and give you guys the big skinny on this Uh, LinkedIn just updated their user interface a year ago. Guess who's doing it again? Yeah. Yeah. And the personal profiles. I know. I just found out. I'm like, this is nuts.
0: Yeah. But you know what? And I think that part of it is that that's technology. That's the way it goes, Mm -hmm. right? So that speaks to another reason why we need to stay connected to it so that we're constantly making sure our right. links are working, that everything fits in the overall dynamic of whatever is the new layout, right? So, yeah, it's just you've got to stay on top of that.
1: You do. And that's hard for a lot of people because they're working in their business, it can be. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then one day they're they're finally used to one way of doing things and then yeah. social media goes up and changes it all. And then you're scrambling going, oh, my God.
0: <laughs> right. Now what? So,
1: right.
0: Yeah. So let's let's go ahead then and dive into talking about the publisher, because that really is obviously that's the essence of your book. And that, I think, is something that does make LinkedIn pretty unusual in comparison to a lot of the other platforms. So let's talk about that. What exactly is the publishing platform? Well, LinkedIn
1: likes to confuse everybody. And so there's two types of publishing. There is the short form, which is what your newsfeed is, okay. and then there's the long form, which are your articles. Okay. And so we're discussing the book is actually about the long form, although I do have a bonus chapter, which partially is out of date because LinkedIn updated their <laughs> algorithm again. Yay! <laughs> But um, no, so we're talking about the long form articles that live within your profile. So, if somebody actually goes to your profile, and you've written an article; they're going to see your activity and any articles that you've written, right? Right there.
0: So, okay. And the why do you think it's the best thing for people to start creating content and getting it up on that those long form well, posts? You know.
1: It, we all have heard this before, content is king, and it's still king, whether it's in short form or long form, it's still king. Yeah. Pe- that's why people are out there, they're searching for things. LinkedIn is no different. They're a big search engine. They're, ser- they're searching for things that help that can help them better, not only their personal lives, but their business lives. And LinkedIn's a fantastic way to do that. And articles are even better because you can start writing, you know, s- you know storytell about maybe, maybe your story or a client's story um, or someone else's story that you can relate to and, and, and plug it into what you're doing with your business. Right. And it's, it's showing that, you know, you know, the pain point of your potential prospect. Okay. You are defining that and you're drawing them in with this story, you know, and then you're showing that, you know, the pain points can be overcome with the solutions that you have. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. You talk in your book about positioning. And I think for me, that really is the essence of positioning. You are trying to position yourself as a trusted advisor, as a knowledgeable expert. Well, how else are you going to do that? But you got to demonstrate in some way the knowledge that you have. Right. So to me, that's the simplest thing to do is to write a, a nice, meaty article that really does position you as a thoughtful intelligent solution provider and shares your point of view so right. yeah you know your profile
1: has so many characters you're limited in each section right and i mentioned this in the book you're going to have the same thing with your articles you can do in your profiles you're going to have the linear readers and then you're going to have the skimmers right you know and then you know and you will have that with your articles too um, but if you have more places for somebody to go and see what kind of activity, what you're writing, that's even more opportunity for them to hit that message button and send you a message, either to connect with you or want to get to know you better or get on the phone or at in-person meeting, whatever the case may be in business that you're in. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and I think another plus about uh, those long form articles is that the ability that you have to enhance them with bolding, headings, subheadings, and, and even images. And I think you made a really great point that I wanna emphasize, and that's the fact that LinkedIn, just like Facebook and these other sites, it's its own search engine. Correct. So yes. if people are looking for an expert, well, why don't I go where experts live? On LinkedIn? Right, <laughs> I go to LinkedIn, right, where, where experts live makes it at least that makes sense to me rather than if
1: you you can show somebody that you are the solution to their problem right right. you know you can't do that on any other platform you might be able to have a link that goes back to maybe your website that's the blog on your website you know but then again you're taking them off of that platform and someone else somewhere else and you don't have an opportunity a lot of people aren't going to comment on your blog they can't like your blog you know, um, you if you're really into analytics, you can figure out, you know, some analytics on, you know, certain pages that you have within your website. But LinkedIn is going to show you who's liked it, who's commented on it, you know, and who shared it. And that gives you every opportunity to go out and even touch with those people and say, hey, what did you like about this article? Or how did you find me? You know, or, you know, that is a great place to start a conversation. You can't do that on any other any other platform in that fashion anyway.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I'll I'll share another little way that I use LinkedIn. So, And and this should be an incentive then for us all to engage with the stuff that we're reading and consuming there. So I have, you know, I do interviews every week, obviously, for the show. And my interview next week is with a woman who I connected with on LinkedIn. Somebody had written – I don't know they, whether they, I think they had shared a post, something, you know, they shared something and then commented on this article and it started a thread. People were then reading and commenting and they were chatting mm-hmm. back and forth. And so my next interview next week is with somebody who made a really great point about the content of the article. It was something about networking and networking. I said to her, hey, do you want to come on my show and talk about it? And she was just a commenter. So that's, I mean, everything I think you do on LinkedIn especially is positioning you as a a smarty. Yeah, and you know what? It doesn't take hours
1: and hours every day to do that. Get on your phone and spend five or ten minutes. Right. You know, that's all it really takes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really, it's not a whole lot of effort for a potentially big bang. So let's talk a little bit more about the type of stuff that you should be sharing, the kinds of articles that you should be sharing. Um, one of the things that is great debate is – the length of the article, right? And you talk about the short mm-hmm. post, which is the, the stuff that's in the news feed, the right. stuff you share, the stuff you comment on. And then these, the, the publisher platform that we're talking about is really the long-form kind of article. So what qualifies as a good, solid article? What do you think should be like a, a word count we should aim for? Uh, well,
1: again, with anything that you do in marketing, you have to test your audience. Right, right. Great you know, point. But there has been some um, some studies out there that articles that have at least 800 words up to 3,000 words okay. perform better than shorter ones. I mean, really, how much can you say in 300 or 500 words?
0: Right. Not, not a whole lot, in my opinion.
1: I mean, even LinkedIn, the news feed has 1,300 characters. That's about 300 words, you know, if you're using spaces and stuff. So, uh, I mean, you can't – it's hard to write a story in – 300 words and get your point across right <clears throat> yeah so um, I, I found that articles that arrange anywhere between about I don't know a thousand to 3,000 perform best for me okay um, actually one of my longest articles about 3300 words and I let everybody know hey man this is a really long <laughs> article just sharing if you want the short version here it is <laughs> but people went and read it because I was fully transparent hey man this is a long read just letting you know Right. But it made some good points in there, you know. Um, and then you know, I've had articles that have bombed, you know, and so it not every not every article I've ever written is a home run.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. So. It it does take testing and, and also a part of it too is just what else is going on, right? Well, that other
1: people timing. are reading. There's timing. What day of the week are you posting? Right. right. You know, what time are you posting? Right. You know, are you promoting that article at all? Are you just you know you know, hitting publish and then thinking that the news feed once you hit publish is gonna go everybody's gonna go and see your stuff and go to your article it doesn't work like that. I mean, right. You mean you know you just can't, you know, um, set it and forget it. You gotta let people know that it's here. You know, you gotta drive them to that article.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that that is that can sometimes be a source of frustration because people do tend to believe, well, I wrote an article. <laughs> no, nobody's calling me. That's right. It must not work. So, yeah, there is a level of effort then, and and resharing, right? Because maybe I didn't get it the the first time, or I didn't didn't post it. So, when you write one of these long articles, should you then be re? Do, do, is there some mechanism for you to reshare it, or do you just share oh, it? Of course, on yeah. Okay, of course. So, um. Okay.
1: LinkedIn actually all your articles that you've ever written will live on your profile, right? But your short form posts in the newsfeed live about 30 days, unless you capture that, you know, the link, you know, to that actual post. But so people can go back, you know, and go see your articles, but people are lazy. And so what you should do is every so often, like, um, like in LinkedIn, my article, you hit publish. That's not the first time I put it in the newsfeed. You know, I'll go put it in the next day because, you know, depending on your audience or your network, they may be in completely different time zones. People are on, you know, LinkedIn at different times of the day, a little bit like Twitter, you know, Um, so you may not get a whole lot of engagement in, you know, in just one newsfeed, you know, update. But, you know, you'll, you know, I do it several times. I put it on Twitter. I alert LinkedIn editors that it's there. That doesn't mean it's going to get, you know featured in their daily rundown or anything like right. that. Um, but I also message my connections, the ones that the article I feel is relevant most to, you know, I can't, I can't send it to all my connections, right. but I'll spend several days out of the week and go target, you know, um, you know, a few hundred people and let them know. Plus I got an email list. I, I put it on Facebook in my groups. I put it in my Facebook page. You know, I let people know that it's here.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and sometimes, you know, it, it doesn't take hundreds and hundreds of people going and viewing it or engaging with it, commenting like or sharing it for you to actually make a great income out of it. Case in point, article that I just wrote um, well, about a little over a month ago, for me, as far as the views went and the engagement did not perform the best, but it generated nine consultations and three podcasts out of it.
0: Wow, that's awesome. And
1: those consults, I, I closed some business out of it. That's great. You know, and it kept me busy. So, I mean, depending on what your price point of your products or services is, you know, it might just take a handful of people to actually generate a nice six-figure income for yourself.
0: Okay. Yeah, and I know you have a case study I do. about someone who mm-hmm. who does that and, you know, without, in his definition, it's really a part-time type of effort that he's that he's running and he's very part-time. Right. So um well in the show notes we'll make sure that we include information on how folks can get that that case study from you as well. So let's let's talk a little bit about how you actually decide what content you should be sharing. I know I create a lot of content during any given month, right? I have at least two pieces of content a week, sometimes three. Uh, I am a content producing machine. Do I produce, should I be sharing all of that on LinkedIn? Should I pick and choose what I share out of what I create? Or does well, some go, when, news some news goes news. in the newsfeed? Are we talking about newsfeed? Are we talking about? News feed are we talking yeah, about yeah. Articles? that's what I was just thinking. So, okay. so some of it, like my podcast, that I can just share in the newsfeed, right? Here's the mm-hmm. latest episode. But then I have at least one, if not two articles that I end up creating in any given week. And those might be, um, you know, one is from a, I'd call it the after show that I do in the middle of the week. I do a video live on Facebook, and then I usually create an article from the content of that video, right? And then sometimes I, you know, depending on the spirit moving me, I might have something else that I also write another article about, and that goes out to my newsletter, gets on my blog, Should you just be repurposing stuff that goes on yeah. your blog? Onto well, your- I, I will say this. So in the news
1: feed, anytime that you add something, a post into there, it has I already mentioned a life of, of 30 days on your profile, but it will circulate for a couple weeks. Okay. So that's great. But um, as far as publisher articles are concerned, um, I, I know some people that are writing once a week and it's working really well for them. Okay. Uh, Unfortunately for me, my audience doesn't want to see all this stuff hammered about, you know, LinkedIn every single week. You know, one piece of long content a month is good for them. And then the short bursts of stuff in the newsfeed, you know, so they see my daily activity. Um, That's great for them. Again, it's all about testing your audience. You know, um, I think right now with what you're doing, um, you could actually, you know, put some of those articles in LinkedIn. And then in your newsletter, drive them back to LinkedIn instead of your blog. So even if you put them on your blog, repurpose them in LinkedIn and then test it or write it in LinkedIn as an original, unique content and put it on your blog that drives them back to LinkedIn.
0: Okay.
1: See how I'm going with the repurposing of this too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, One, you know, it's just something you have to test and you got to go look, go look at your posts and see how they're performing. Go look at your articles and see how they're performing. What time of day are you posting these? Right. You know, what day of the week are you posting these? You know, um, how many likes and comments? I mean, for some of those people who are super analytical. You know, create a spreadsheet with all this stuff. Then you can kind of see, engage, what kind of content's really resonating with your audience, and create more of that. Okay. You know, That's which great. is going to increase engagement, which LinkedIn is going to now favor, because then they start opening up your content to more of your network. That's how their algorithm works. Okay. Um, you know, and so. <clears throat> And, and then, of course, like, let's say you have an article that's still relevant today, but you wrote it a few months ago. Go ahead and repurpose that. You don't always have to be the content-producing machine. Winnie, you're just one of the few the like, most of us can't do that, you know.
0: So um, kudos to you. But that, I think you made, that's a great point is this issue of engagement, right? So engagement gets you more engagement because LinkedIn goes, oh, look, people are interested in that. Let's share it with more people. So uh, let's, let's qualify what engagement on LinkedIn is because LinkedIn has some similarities to Facebook in the news feed, right? Right. So they kind of have a point system, so
1: anybody that shares, that is your granddaddy of all, okay, you get like three points. Okay. Then anybody that comments is like two points, and anybody that likes it is one point. Okay. Okay. So the goal is to have the sharing going on. Obviously, when people share, their network is getting notified. Um, anytime anybody likes or comments to, their network is getting notified. But really, the sharing kind of opens that up, and LinkedIn, after depending on how that posts Is and how often and how much it's engaged with within a shorter amount of time of hitting publish, whether it's short form or long form, the time the the clock is ticking. And so, depending on how much engagement you're getting, like shares or or comments, is what's going to open up that algorithm and actually have a human, you know, come in and even open that up further to the additional networks that you have. But for most people, that's very difficult to do because, you know, unless you're a business, rally up, man, your your employees, you know, do a memo, you know, in the business. Okay, you know, the CEO just posted an article on LinkedIn. Everybody needs to go and start engaging with it, Okay. you know, and then what what that's going to happen is, is now it's going to open up to the second and third degree networks and, you know, bring in some potential, more virality to it. Although post doesn't need to go viral in order for you to get some great exposure, you know, and generate some good leads with that. But it gives it an opportunity to do that. For us smaller folks that are boutique firms or small consultancy firms or whatnot, um, we don't have, you know, a tribe of people that can, you know, help us do that. So an option is is to, you know, get a bunch of your friends and colleagues together and, and create a tribe to do that. And that's what we call gaming the system. So, and that's kind of what, you know, Facebook did with pages a few years ago, you know, when they went from, I don't remember the percentage down to like 2%, but if you started getting a lot of engagement, they opened it back up to more of the network again. Well, LinkedIn kind of followed suit, just took them a while to get there.
0: Okay. So, so you had mentioned that LinkedIn really is its own little search engine. So as you're writing, should you be Keeping that, the, you know, good SEO uh, elements in mind, should you be using keyword phrases and things like that? Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, I talk about in the book that, you know, we shouldn't be so concerned about keywords writing an article. Right. Um, However, do keep in mind that Google does pick up articles based off of keywords. And I had one of mine lived on, on uh, the front page of Google for like four years. Wow. You know, it's not there anymore because a lot of people talk about productivity, but you know, but even then, but what does that do? If people are looking for that, it drives them to the article, which drives into your profile, right? right? So, um, you should still be keyword to- conscious, but I think it's more topic related than it okay. is keyword related. Okay. However, when you do hit publish, LinkedIn does allow you and suggest that you put in some hashtags. So they did the hashtag bandwagon now, and people now can search on both on mobile and desktop hashtags for posts, and that includes articles and newsfeed posts as well.
0: And I was going to ask you about um, mobile and how much that should influence what we're doing. Are there things that we should keep in mind because people are viewing on a mobile device so often, or is it just write well and have some images and you'll be fine? Well,
1: the, the newest statistic, I think, is 57% of people access LinkedIn daily on mobile.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's half of the membership. So with, what, 550 million members currently, somewhere around there. Um, so you got to keep in mind, that's why people are like, well, I don't want to write a really long article because it's really hard to read on mobile. Well, if you format it correctly in short paragraphs and break it up with bullet points, numbered lists, photos, you know, videos, anything like that, it keeps the reader engaged. Okay. And then, of course, it both appeases not only the linear reader, but the skimmers, you know, because right. the skimmers will go to the the headings, to the fine points, and find out what it is that they really want to know about, and then the linear readers will read it, you know, read it from, you know, beginning to end. Right. You know, nice. so um, I, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm, I live on my laptop. You know, so um, but I do access from my phone a lot, and I'll scroll mostly through the news feed. But every once in a while, I'll see an article, and it's not really. I mean, I'm one of the smaller phones. This is S8. It's not really that hard to read from there, as long as the content is not one big white paper. <laughs> right, <laughs> if it's one day, white big one
0: green. <laughs> I'm done.
1: Yeah. I'm done on a laptop if it's one big white paper.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you can't be one giant paragraph. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. That's yeah. not that's <laughs> not gonna work. So let's talk about um a call to action. So Always. I know that you know, so many people I work with are, you know, they hate the idea of selling. They don't want to come across as salesy, yet you do have to invite people, you do have to to tell them what would be the next step. So what is a is a great way to approach a call to action in the end at the end of a, a long article?
1: You know, I you know, I, I will say this. It sounds very elementary, but we do have to tell the you know our prospect or the person reading it what you want them to do next. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got to encourage them to do that. Um, I, I know you'd think it would be everybody would know this but they don't know this everybody's
0: so, overworked that's the way i look yeah. at it you know yeah. everybody's yeah. overworked and you can't think straight and you're exhausted so tell them yes
1: yeah so you know tell them to go and engage with your article right you know ask them to like and comment and share i mean if, if that's if that's what your goal is engagement i do too i ask them to like comment share with somebody who they think that might benefit from this but i also drive them to some sort of way to get them off of linkedin that's my goal. So either I want them to go to a masterclass, a webinar, get on my list for my book or get this free guide or, hey, call me or schedule an appointment for a one-on-one consultation. Getting them off of LinkedIn is fantastic. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the whole goal, right? You want to get them off of LinkedIn and into right. your sales pipeline, whatever that may be.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great to have these free tools. However, you hopefully have a home on the web and that's where you want to drive people to, to right. get them to opt in for some additional next step with you. Exactly. As you're saying, what's, what's your next step? Your next and it's step. whatever's right for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And believe it or not, a lot of people will just click the message and inbox message you, you know, they, they, They don't want to go to my booking scheduling online. They're old fashions, you know, they want, they want to actually banter back and forth and, you know, schedule a time, which to me drives me batty. But if I said no, go to my link, then I might lose an opportunity to get a new client,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think part, you know, we can, we can judge people about, well, why would they do that? It's convenient. First of all, I'm right here. I'm just going to hit message. I'm Mm going to, so. Right.
1: Absolutely. I actually prefer that because now because LinkedIn doesn't unless you delete the message stream, I can see what the last conversation was and when, which is yeah. nice.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that feature, too, because otherwise, <laughs> um, you know, I can't
1: keep anything straight. Well, if yeah. you're a power user, it's hard to keep track. It, you, you really have to get them off of LinkedIn, you know, yeah. and in your own messaging system. But you know what? I still keep those folks in LinkedIn anyway. Because sometimes they're not on their email, you know, and so this way I can catch them either way, whether an email or through a, you know message in LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, yeah, and technology being technology, even those scheduling systems do not always work. I've I've clicked on them and they you know they haven't always worked for the right. other person. And as somebody who has uh, you know uh, you know I was in a in a car accident, I have accident induced ADD. And if, if I don't see it, it's gone. So I have to actually write the appointment down for it to be in my little head and then look at it on a regular basis. So, yeah. Come on,
1: Winnie. I don't have accident-induced AD&D, but I write it down on a paper, put it in my calendar, sync it with my phone, and I even still forget.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, you just got to make it as simple as possible. Right. Tracy, I could go on for days about this. This is such great information, but of course, we want people to check out your book and check out the other stuff that you've got for them. So I mentioned the case study and we'll have links to that in the the show notes. But I don't have
1: that up yet because we're, we're fighting with the new little CARTRA.
0: Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> well, but they can at least email you, right? They can, they oh, can get in on uh, your, on your list. So why don't you tell folks what they should do to connect with you and learn more about what, well, you know, what sure. services you offer.
1: Absolutely. Go find me Tracy Ennis, in LinkedIn. I'm the only one with a photo for one. First and only, well, I was the only Tracy on LinkedIn forever, but I was the first one. Um, so they can go find me there. I'm in an army jacket, um, so you know that I'm the right girl. Um, and, and they also can go to publishingtoprofits.com. Scroll down a little bit, click on the Amazon link, and you can go buy the paperback and or the um, uh, Kindle version. Um, and then, of course, if you send me a connection request, let, let me know that you found me through Winnie's podcast. And I'll be, over, I'll be more than happy to send over some bonus material.
0: Oh, awesome. That's so great. Thank you so much, Tracy. That's very nice of you. You're welcome. Well, it's great chatting with you. And as I mentioned, we've, we're going to have links to everything that, that Tracy just mentioned right in the show notes. So be sure and, uh, and head over there so you can get everything and you can connect with her. And I definitely encourage you to get the book because I loved it.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate that.
0: All right. I hope you found that interesting and helpful. Tracy's always full of great information and fun to talk to. I thought it was a real education. If you liked this episode, please share it with your connections. Please leave a great review for it on the platform where you consumed it and be sure to subscribe either on that platform like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play. You can even subscribe to the video version on my YouTube channel. When you subscribe at my website at winnieanderson.com slash fans, you'll receive episodes emailed to you each week along with information, tips, and resources to help you come out of hiding, to position and pre-sell yourself as the trusted advisor you are so you can profit from your expertise. All right, so your cocktail exercise, otherwise known as a reflection exercise. No alcohol needs to be involved. Don't drink and drive, and don't overindulge. All right, so I want you to just think about Exactly what do you want to be known for, and is that clearly represented on LinkedIn? Of course, if you're not on LinkedIn, well, get over there and sign up for it. But you really want to think about what's the brand that you're trying to to build, how are you positioning yourself, and again, is that clearly represented on LinkedIn? Right, so just noodle about that and this is actually kind of a, a combo reflection and action step in in one, but. Your action step then is, you know, other than to go and buy Tracy's book and start applying her strategies, is to look at the content that you create in general and then ask yourself if it's content that represents you well and that you want to build your reputation around. And of course, your reputation, that's the nature of your brand. It's really the the brand's foundation. So I want you to then start creating content and sharing it on LinkedIn while encouraging people to comment and share. Tracy's right. You need to encourage people to engage with your content because, you know, we're all in a hurry. Now, as you get more confident, then you want to start encouraging people to connect with you to learn more. And be sure to follow Tracy on LinkedIn so you can watch how an expert like her does it. If you're an introvert, leveraging LinkedIn is a great way to position and pre-sell yourself as the trusted advisor you are. And if you're an introverted coach, consultant, or freelancer, and you want or are ready to get help on your journey of becoming or being a courageous entrepreneur, you'd like to get help to stay on track, to come out of hiding, get focused on completing your big projects, taking your business to the next level of success, then consider joining the Courageous Entrepreneur Club. The club is made of small groups of no more than 10 people who are solo professionals and entrepreneurs who receive coaching, accountability, and support from me and from each other as they move forward to achieve the goals that they otherwise would lose focus on. Group enrollment happens at specific times during the month. And if you want to learn more, go to winnieanderson.com slash join the club. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. Remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.